Thank you for tuning in today and welcome to Steady Chatting, the podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and this is episode number 12, where I'm hot under the collar and we happen to be talking about being gangster, racism on Canadian ice, asylum seekers and Canada, and being a vigilante. We'll be hearing some music from Schoolboy Q, Billy Bell, Big Youth, and a skit from Eddie Murphy. On this channel, you can expect to get content on cannabis, growing, product reviews, interviews, interesting news, discussions, music, and whatever you like. Let us at Steady Snappin' Productions know what you'd like to hear on future podcasts so we can keep giving you what you want and what you need. Join in the conversation. And if you're a visitor or just checking this podcast out for the first time, don't forget to subscribe to get more content. Now, let's get this started. What does it take to be a gangster? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, okay, so this conversation popped up because this little fucktard decided that he's going to try and test my gangster, I believe, or question it, or I, I don't really know what his intentions were, but a fucktard is what a fucktard does. Pardon my French, especially for those people who do not like swearing. I'm sorry. I'm hot under the collar, and I just needed to double check with y'all. What does it take to be gangster? Hmm? Okay, so this idiot tried to discredit my gangster. When I was younger, I put in the work that I needed to put in. And honestly, if you need to check, yo, you could cross-reference it with the mandem in Toronto. Cross-reference it with the guys out in Scarborough. You could cross-reference it with the second generation who I helped mold into future leaders incarceration in youth detention centers. When I flip my leaf over, you know, because after one time comes the next. The truth is, my goal in life wasn't to be a gangster. I happened to do some real gangster shit and hang around some real gangster motherfuckers. You know what I mean? But it wasn't like I was, I was, I was given my G pass because of the people who I was affiliated to. It wasn't because, uh, um, because of my brothers and the work that they put in. No. In this world, you got to put in your own work. You can't ride somebody else's coattail. It doesn't matter whether it's being gangster or just being a successful individual. You got to put in your own work. So, I don't know. Um, but since I got older, I got the opportunity um, to, to work in prisons, doing programming, mentorship, uh, creating exit strategies for, for youths moving them out of their neighborhoods, connecting them with their elders, things like that, to help give them a fair fighting chance to beat this, this beast called recidivism, which is the practice of locking someone up and then letting them out and then locking their ass up months, weeks, or years later and just keeping that cycle going, the um, um, prison industrial complex. So uh, that, that, that's what I've done for my youths and not just my youths, but I mean like the children that I beard, but our youths, as in the future leaders of tomorrow. And <clears throat> apart from that, um, even before I got into the professional aspect of social work, man, when we were still uh, straddling the fence of being good and evil, we would be organizing workshops around all of Toronto, raising up the awareness about... Um, black consciousness and black unity and black people in general because we we don't have as much 
access to information that makes us feel good about ourselves. Generally, a lot of the media tends to demonize us at any chance they get. But so we used to support, organize, we as in me and my squad, uh, we used to organize workshops and uh, video viewings and stuff like that and um, worked with a lot of at-risk youths. So I, th- I know who I am. I know the work that I've put in. Those that put in the work right beside me can vouch for it. It's not about repping being a bad guy. You know, at the end of the day, a gangster is somebody who's affiliated to and involving themselves in crime. And as a grown person, you realize that there isn't anything cool about losing your freedom. So my suggestion to people out there who may be in the same predicament as me, where you get motherfuckers out there trying to test their gangster, don't let people define who you are. You know, let your work reflect your character. And that's it. Shit, man, I feel like I'm hot under the collar. Yo, racism on Canadian ice. This has to be talked about. What the fuck, bro? 2018, a whole lot has happened, but ain't much shit changed. You heard me? There's a young brother by the name of Giovanni Smith. He's a future pro hockey player who's currently playing for Kitchener Rangers. Now, this brother recently received some very racially charged hate messages through social media. Um, From what I read, this is a story that I got out of um, CTV News. This young brother was playing against, um, was it Sarnia? And when he was playing against them, I guess he flipped them the bird or gave them some hand gesture that they didn't appreciate. Um, out of the blue, after the game, he got bombarded with a bunch of hate messages on through social media. So because that was, I believe, game six and the team had to go back to play the game seven, uh, they, they being the, um, the, the hockey league, uh, provided additional security um, to escort Smith into play his last game over there in Sarnia. Now, I'm taking this quote straight from the Kitchener CTV News. It said, It wasn't the first time this season Smith had been on the receiving end of racial slurs. Somewhere we yelled at him during a game in Sarnia, after a fan somehow gained access to the player's area. So, it's fair to say that this wasn't a one-off situation. This is something that black athletes are still facing in Canada. I mean, we've been playing hockey in Canada. We, as in black people, have been playing hockey in Canada for donkey years now. And yet still, people can't get over the fact that we're on the ice, sharing ice with them, and kicking ass and taking names. It's not a color thing when it comes to kicking ass and taking names, because anybody can kick ass and take names. That's a warrior thing. That is a... You know, you put your left foot in front of your right and keep going until you reach your goal thing. But when people are starting to target you and throw racial slurs at you simply because um, they weren't brought up better, there's no space, there's no room for that kind of behavior no more, man. I mean, how many years of this are we going to have to go through before everybody's treated equally? Um... Another quote, this is from, um, this was actually from uh, Giovanni Smith. 
He said, I don't think this is an OHL problem. I don't think this is a hockey problem. He said, I think this is a society problem more than anything. And you know what, Giovanni? You're damn right. Now what are we going to do about it? They say, no free ticket for asylum seekers. Now, Canada's public safety minister, Ralph Goodale, stated, crossing into the country outside an official port of entry does not give asylum seekers a free ticket. So what are we talking about here? This is something that's really hot in the news right now regarding Quebec and people trying to cross from the United States into Canada seeking asylum. It speaks about balance between security and humanitarian concerns because there are people who are trying to escape. Um, they're trying to escape whether it's uh, civil conflicts, whether it's uh, just uh, inhumane environments and, and, and living conditions, but they're being pretty much told by Canada's public safety minister that just because you need our refuge doesn't mean that you're entitled to it. Uh, that's kind of cold. It is. Uh, this comes as a result of asylum seekers recrossing into Canada through Quebec. From what the reports have said, Ottawa agreed to build temporary housing for up to 520 people in Quebec. Now, some call that just a Band-Aid solution because, I mean, I, there's more than 520 people trying to seek asylum in Canada. Um, from what the article covered, it said in April 2018, 2,500 asylum seekers crossed into Quebec from the United States. So yeah, building up temporary housing for 520 people is a band-aid solution. However, at least they're starting with trying to get them housing, in my opinion. There is something called the Safe Third Country Agreement, which I never heard about until I, I checked into this article. So December 2004, the agreement was made which states that Canada and America are recognized as a safe place for refugees to seek protection. The issue is, it only applies to asylum seekers crossing at official borders. So, it seems like those who are seeking refuge but aren't going through the official borders are technically not being covered by this uh, safe third country agreement. And that is unfortunate. Can the agreement be adjusted? I'm sure it can. The real question I have to ask is, if my indigenous family treated these so-called settlers or squatters, land grabbers, the way that we're treating those who are also seeking refuge, none of us would be here. None of us would be calling ourselves Canadian, and Canada itself wouldn't even exist. I'm your host, Steady Snappin' Charlie. I'm fucking hot under the collar, and this is Steady Chat in the podcast. Okay, for this conversation, I need you guys to call in and voice your opinion. Drop me a line on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever social media you can connect to me on, and give me your heads up. Is it wrong to be a vigilante? So, I ask this because... A Florida man by the name of George Francisco um, Porto Sierra, 50-year-old man. He's facing four counts of attempted 
premeditated murder after pouring gas on several doors. Um, this is in a, yeah, in a motel. So he poured gas on several doors, busted windows of units, and started pouring gasoline inside the rooms um, and inside of some vehicles that were parked on site, yelling that he was going to barbecue all the child molesters on fire and kill them. It's extreme, but hear his logic behind it. This is after he found out that Friendly Village Inn and Motel, which was the place that was being mm, vandalized, housed more than 20 sexual predators and offenders. I'll let that one sink into you again. First of all, the name of this, the, the establishment is Friendly Village Inn and Motel. What an interesting name for an establishment that seems to be a safe haven for sexual predators and sexual offenders. Over 20. So, this guy decided to take action, obviously on stuff that the police weren't doing. Now, if cops don't do such a poor job of punishing sex offenders and predators, there'd be no need for George's actions. The reality is, most cases that involve sex offenders end up uh, with a, a no contest. The police end up losing the um, victim's uh, samples. And it's not handled cleanly. So as a result, a lot of sex offenders get to walk, get a slap on the wrist. And what does that say to society? That we're allowed to be sexual predators. And the police are not going to do their due diligence to make sure you're no longer on the streets. Well, I'll tell you this. George, I honestly wish you the best of luck. And if I could throw a million dollars at you to get the best lawyer to get you off, I would. I think you're doing the right thing. You keep fucking up those pervs, bro. You keep doing it. Because if the police ain't going to do their job, somebody's got to step in and do it. If it means burning down a whole goddamn building to prove your point and to make your case, bring awareness to this nastiness that's um, plaguing our society, then do it. I'm sorry. I don't try to incite riots or anything like that. But when I see something that makes sense and people be punished for a sensible act, I got to say something about it. I mean, this isn't about race. Uh, the man's, uh, from what it appears to be of uh, Latino or Hispanic descent. So, I mean, it's not like I'm Spanish and I want to side with my fellow Latinos. But this guy is taking action. And in my opinion, I believe he may have been um, a victim of this. And it hurts him that much that he doesn't want to see another person go through the same pain and suffering. So, I say good motherfucking job. Thank you for listening to today's podcast number 12. We here at Steady Snapping Productions couldn't have done this without you. Keep tuning in for more interviews, good music, and great discussions. If you have a topic that you want us to cover, you can send me a message on Instagram at Snapologus. That's S-N-A-P-A-L-O-T-A-G-U-S. Or message me through Facebook 
at Steady Snapping Charlie. Keep following me on my travels and feel free to take me on some of your travels as well. These podcasts can be downloaded and saved onto your device, so stock up on episodes for road trips and to help pass the time. I'm your host, Steady Snapping Charlie, and this is Steady Chatting, the podcast.